Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Uh, we're back after a week of a hiatus, and this is the, the Big Go Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, uh, before we start off the show, uh, just to... Um, just wanted to send out a message to everybody to definitely keep the BGB family in prayers as one of our members is going through a tragedy in their family this week. So, um, again, if, 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 if you could just keep us in prayers as uh, we go through that as a team together, but, um, we're back, took a week off, uh, mostly catered to me being in Vegas, doing some Vegas things. I was actually out there for the, um, Alvarez, uh, Canelo Alvarez and uh triple G boxing fight. I know these guys don't want to hear me talk about it, but whatever. <laughs> You're good but anyway. I do, I do have a hot, I do have a hot question about it because I, I mean it burnt me up to watch what was considered the best boxing fight of the century, as they like to call it, and as they promoted it as the real fight. So, but with anything in Vegas and with anything in combat sports, there's always controversy. So, but anyway, before we get started, let's introduce who's on the show today. We have uh, Caitlin, as you already heard. Hey, what's going on? Hi guys. But he's going all right. It's really fucking hot in Toronto right now, so I'm ready for summer to be over. We have uh, we have Doctor M. Sir, glad to be back. It has it has been uh, one hell of a week. Yeah, and I do mean hell. So uh, it's it's glad to take a mo- I'm glad to take a moment and just chat with you all for a little while. Indeed, uh, we had you in prayers uh, two weeks ago as you uh, were down in or escaping the path of uh, Hurricane Irma. So it's good to know that you're okay, safe, and your family's, everybody's going good. So, um, you know, a lot going on with that. And we have uh, the giant crab, Jamal. Hello. And, and, uh, and, and it's, yeah, it's 90 week? degrees today, too. It's, it's hot. It was hot today, too, also, here. And, and before we get over to our topics, you know, our resident uh, movie expert, uh, Definitely a couple of hot movies coming out this week. So let's give them a little bit of a platform to uh, give out some reviews for you guys. Well, probably the biggest movie of the week is going to be uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Um, it is uh, part of the series from the, well, the 2014 movie, Kingsman, The Secret Service, which is based on a comic book. Um, if you like that one, you will like this one. It's pretty much more of the same, plus about 20 minutes. Uh, it was really, really long, um, and and unfortunately, it's more of the same. So I didn't like the first one. I didn't have a reason to like this one. So I, I hope that if they continue on, and this will make a ton of money because nothing's out really this week. Um, you know, if they continue on, they do something different to kind of keep the series fresh. Uh, and the same can be said about the next movie that comes out this weekend, the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, if your kids already love it, then they'll love it. But if you're not familiar with it, you don't really have a reason to like it because there have been better Lego movies out. Um, There's supposed to be two more Lego movies coming out in 2019, so hopefully they can you know, start over and kind of reinvent the uh, themselves because it's kind of getting a bit uh, you know, passe now. And the third movie 
was Beto the Sexist based on the uh, 1973 tennis match between retired uh, uh, tennis star Bobby Riggs, who was like the former number one world champion, and current at the time uh, tennis star Billie Jean King, um, Steve Carell and uh, Emma Stone played King and, and Riggs, but it was actually pretty good. Um, I know of the event. I wasn't born yet to uh, see it live, but um, the for women's sports, and it was definitely a big deal for um, you know women's tennis and the women's liberation movement and stuff like that. So they cover a lot of that and a lot of um, the match itself. So um, a really good you know, movie overall, probably something that if you were looking to see something other than uh, things blowing up this weekend, you might want to give that a shot. Cool. Um, something else I'm wondering, did you see? I think it releases next week. What was it? Um, True to the Game? Yes. Oh, God. Um, I did not see that because uh, they didn't, there wasn't a screening for it, but okay, it, it's still out there. If you're a fan <laughs> of the book, you know, it's still out there. <laughs> All right, so look, I'm gonna make this short and sweet, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the uh, the fight for this week, quick, five ten minutes. I don't want Caitlin yelling at me. Ah, boxing. So we're talking about, you know, we we just we're just in the boxing world. We're just coming off the Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight, in which they felt people felt that was a disgrace to the boxing world, and blah 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 blah. So right now you do have two of the better pound for pound boxes in the world with Triple G and Canelo both both having a, a really unblemished record, um, one being undefeated and one having one loss against Floyd Mayweather. So this is the best this is the biggest and best boxing match that they can put they can build right now and, and, and give to the fans. And it happened it happened short, the promotion and to the um, talks to the fight happening all was very, very streamlined. Unlike, you know, Floyd Mayweather fights, which takes like a month, I'm sorry, like a year to two years to do. So we got the biggest fight possible that can happen. Um, fight was really good. Um, it, it happened during Mexican Independence, uh, uh, Mexican Independence Day, which in that case, um, I, and kind of, I mean, um, and Canelo Alvarez being from Mexican descent, Vegas was filled with Mexicans, and they came in support, and I, I got to give them that. When is, when is Vegas not filled with Mexicans? I would have to say it depends on the event. I really would have to say because the Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight, it was all Irish people. <laughs> so, you, oh, you, mean like, you mean like at the event? I mean like in Clark County in general. Uh, okay. Every time I've gone to Vegas, I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the tourist section, to tourist areas, and oh, okay. predominantly, okay. you know, what you're running into in the strip. So you know, so um, that being said, the fight was a one great fight and went all 12 rounds, and it came down to the scorecard for a decision. Um, I, I will keep my opinion out of it or who I think won, but nonetheless, um, you had three judges score it. Once one judge scoring it 114 and 114, which is a tie, one having it scored 116 and 113, which uh is a narrow win for one person, and then one judge had it scored 118 to 110, which is completely a blowout for one person, which by um HBO unofficial scoring that they scored by their um color commentary on the screen was a good, complete contradiction to what he had. So with that being said, everybody booed or was wild because it was like they can't believe it. And um, that judge has had a past of controversial scorings. So 
it ended up resulting in the fight being a draw. Um, it left a sour taste in people. Um, obviously, uh, you know, a draw is better than a, a defeat. But my question to you guys, not being um, super Boston fans, is if you went to the biggest match, the biggest fight, the biggest, you know, game ever to be built for our century, and it ended as a controversial win, are you just as hype or, or is there any, you know, do you have doubts or reserve to want to see a rematch? Because immediately after this match, they said they was working on a rematch. And it brought, sort of say, tarnish to the match and to the spectacle because of the fact that it seems it's all money driven. The fact that right after the fight, they're like, yeah, we're going to do this rematch. So my question well, is. Let me answer this because I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Um, in, in, in sports like that, uh, where, where it's based on, um, it's not based on anything concrete. It's not, it's not a score. It's not a, uh, it's completely subjective. So in a sport that is uh, subjective, you have to acknowledge and, and kind of like, even though it's the elephant in the room, a draw is possible. Americans hate draws and ties. Uh, that's one of the reasons why soccer isn't as big as it could be because who the hell wants to sit through two hours of anything just to have it end in a tie? It doesn't make sense to, you know, general sports fans in the U.S., and I'm one of them. With that said, um, I, have a, I don't like boxing for a number of different reasons, but one of my major beefs with boxing is the fact that it's, it's up to – it's completely arbitrary, the scoring. Yeah. Um, and it's supposedly, you know – and it's supposed to be like uh, official or whatever, but it's the fact that there's no definitive way to accurately judge progress um, because everybody has, and the commentators have their scorecards. You know, the guys, the three judges obviously have their scorecards, but you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's one of those things where you just kind of got to take it as a thing that is possible in the sport. Hockey used to have draws. They do not anymore because it's stupid. Um, Baseball used to have draws at times uh, for different rules and stuff like that, but they've kind of made changes to um, not have that. Football used to have ties. Uh, well, they still do have ties, but they've made changes to the game that kind of prevents that. So uh, it just kind of is what it is. Now, the way boxing is set up, as far as, like, setting up the next match and blah, 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 that's why I watch wrestling, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what the outcome would have been, it would have been – We'll have a rematch, and we'll do it in the cage. Ugh, whatever. I hate boxing. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100 on crap side for this, just because I feel like it's a this whole scenario that has been laid out here really to me feels like a cash grab. And honestly, I mean, boxing fans gonna boxing fan, they're gonna be there no matter what. But I just, I personally would feel a little bit ripped off if I made that trip and spent all that money and then got essentially a fuck finish. And then, oh, hey, the rematch is coming. Pay all that money again. Like, no, guys, fuck off. That's stupid. It's like, I, I, I wouldn't do it for one. And when the when we were talking about that description, it almost reminded me a little bit of like when, when I was at Survivor Series and we got the Goldberg-Lesnar match. And it was so hyped and going to be such a big deal. And it was, what, 30 seconds? It was done? Yeah. And I mean, but that's wrestling. And I laughed. I laughed so hard when that happened just because, like, of course that's going to happen. But, you know, it, that was not the one main event, like boxing, where it's just kind of the one big deal. And I, I don't know what the – was it a lot of money to go? Like, I don't know what ticket prices are like for boxing. 
I'm just going to let prices are hideously expensive for boxes. I, thought so, I mean, yeah. it, it, it depends on the venue. It depends on the, um, uh, you know, the, the hype for the match and all that good stuff. So yeah. um, even wrestling, got, it even got more serious now because now certain boxers affiliate with certain networks. So now you're just like, well, we have to pay Showtime and we have to pay HBO in order for this to happen. Right. Because they, there's a lot of rights and there's a lot of there's a lot of money flowing around in boxing. Um, and I'm not saying that the sport is rigged, and I'm not saying that the sport isn't technical, because there definitely are ways to do that. But even on its most basic fundamental level, some dude in a gym, um, you know, in the bad side of town, it is still completely arbitrary by design, mm -hmm. which is kind of BS. Yeah, makes no sense to me. But. Right. And Got I'll to. never forget uh, walking out on that Lesnar um, and Goldberg match at the Air Canada Center. Oh yeah, how did you feel about that? Did, did you feel ripped off by that? Were you like, what the fuck? No, I, I, no, I left. I, I took a picture of Goldberg's entrance yeah. because I, I haven't seen it in 20 years. It's so I said, um, I said, uh, you know, two chains over there, picture, and said, I'm out. I'm going to the bathroom. And I thought I was going to beat oh, the crowd down to Union Station, <laughs> and I didn't, and I, I was pissed about that. <laughs> how, how dare they interrupt your quick exit? Exactly. I was hoping to be at the airport by uh, by then, but no, God, it didn't yeah. happen that way. Top <laughs> them. You got anything on this? <laughs> uh, no, uh, Crab and, and Caitlin pretty much summed up my thoughts on it too. I mean, I would probably feel ripped off in the moment, right? But um, at the end of the day, it's a cash grab, like Caitlin said. And mm -hmm. I mean, it also sort of makes me think about. Uh, to Crab's point, it's one of the many reasons I enjoy wrestling, but at the same time, you know, we have stuff like WrestleMania, which thousands of people track to every year, and then whatever the next pay-per-view is in um, late April, early May, half of the pay-per-view is WrestleMania rematches. So, <laughs> oh, uh, good point, yeah. I just feel like it, it's something that you almost can't escape in a lot yeah. of these combat sports. <laughs> Good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, that makes sense in that there are a finite number of combatants. There are a finite number of matches, and they break it down based on weight and all that good stuff, too. So I understand, you know, why it is what it is when you have person A versus person B, part 17, the final return. But <laughs> I, I just think the fact that you can have a legitimate sport and it feels like a cash grab feels dirty to me. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. fact that you can, it's, it's not like this is a justifiable rematch or this is a, you know, anything like that. It, it feels like you were taking, uh, you know, a little bit out for your money. And that's the part I have a problem with. I, and that's, if that's the case, you're watching wrestling. That's, look, that's my, that's my expression. Point, that, point blank. I think you answer for everybody tonight on that one. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Um, one, and my last, my last comment, then we move on to the next topic, is that it would be pretty damn like counterproductive for vegas to have let the mexican boxer lose considering his mexican independence there's a lot of other events and 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 promotions going on for the rest of the week for him and it would be one thing to have your city on fire because of the fact of um the result of a match and that's technically what has always happened with boxing all the time it's always just the you know the majority Whoever's the majority in town, they they take over. They run the city, and, and Vegas is just out there to make their money and then nothing else. So, so Vegas doing Vegas things is is the official hashtag for that one. Yep. 
Uh, but anyway, we got No Mercy coming up um, this Sunday. First of all, I feel like No Mercy just happened. Am I, I, when did No Mercy 2016 happen? Or was it like January or was it like February? Oh, you know what it was? It was my birthday. It was October 9th last year. I remember that. So okay, we're, so we're, we're, we're a month ahead. Oh, okay, okay. We're still on track. We're still, on, yeah. But um, you know, again, we don't we don't emphasize on going down the entire car. We always like to go over what we think is going to be our highs and our lows. But I even narrowed it down even more narrow than that for us today. So um, first of all, this No Mercy has two WrestleMania caliber matches on this car, and what I mean by WrestleMania caliber matches is. Based on analytics or tracking by how, uh, you know, WWE does their booking, they always plan to try to book the biggest matches for WrestleMania. And we know, number one, that in two parallel worlds, John Cena is the biggest superstar in WWE, and Roman Reigns happened to be the next coming of either the, you know, his replacement passing of the torch or just the secondary biggest star. And, um, up until now, they have not touched each other, rubbed each other at all. And I'm not sh- quite sure if this started on programming on TV or was it actually over social media because they've kind of started trolling each other at a point. But nonetheless, that match is happening. And then we have Braun Strowman versus uh, Brock Lesnar, which should be a very, very uh, good match as well, considering they're both of their track records in destruction and just um, full-blown powerhouses and being entertaining at that. Um, but my question to you guys is, I mean, obviously the bill for John Cena and Roman Reigns initially started really good and we had our reserve to say, was it too early or not? But up until this week, I thought it's been very entertaining, but I just want to know, do y'all think that, um, the bill for this match has been properly done to actually, to absolutely put an exclamation mark on it saying this is a WrestleMania caliber match before the match even happens? (laughs) <laughs> well, the announcers are only reminding us of it every fucking time they face each other. <laughs> I mean, we, we, all, we all know that's a Vince line, right? Like, oh, this is a WrestleMania match. Like, we know Vince. Come on, man. It's not. And I mean, I don't know if we mentioned it the last time we talked. I feel like we did, or maybe it was only in my brain. But I think the speculation is that because John Cena is going off to film the Transformers movie, he's got a, the injury waiver, so he can't, he might not essentially be able to do the season next year. So. That's why they're rushing this and putting this on a B-pay-per-view. But that, I don't know. That's all speculation. So I, that, that's probably why it's happening now anyway. But I think, you know, you're right. Like the, the promo started way too early for this because we've had the – God, I swear, on Raw this week when they're like, Roman Reigns makes a final response. I'm like, well, final response part 85. Like we, we've heard everything <laughs> he has to say. I mean, you know, when it is – it's very good. I'm, don't get me wrong. It is very good, the work they're doing. But over time – how many times can you keep saying the same thing, but in a different way? I guess Bray Wyatt can tell us because he's been having the same fucking promo for two years now. But <laughs> in this case, I just, you, you basically are watching to watch the train wreck of John Cena burying Roman Reigns with the promos. He's just so brutal with it. But at the same time, it's helping Roman get better. And I don't expect too much out of their match because they're not... You know, the people argue that they're both very good wrestlers, and they are. They're very capable. But I find them very boring, both of them, to be quite honest. I don't, I don't find their work believable, if that makes any sense to you guys. Like, I, it, might, it might just be the five-knuckle shuffle looking like shit, like it always does. 
It might be the fact that Roman's got four moves and a flak jacket. Like I just, I don't, I don't buy into what either of them do really in the ring. So I, I'm not super thrilled on it to be honest, but it's, it's going to happen. Um, we'll be told it's a WrestleMania caliber match 85 times. And I think Roman's going over, but you know, that's, that's how I feel. Okay. Uh, the long and short of it is, I absolutely don't care one bit <laughs> about anything John Cena or Roman Reigns could do ever in their lives. Um, the, the long and short of it is, they had a good promo uh, at first. It was nuts. It was unexpected. It was a big surprise. And then you realize that they had four weeks to go before the pay-per-view. And then we see the progress of diminishing returns. And now Roman's out there talking by himself. But <laughs> when you start to fact check what he's saying, um, and I didn't see, I don't watch Raw because I was at the movies, but I saw the promo because it was, it's, it's a promo of note. And he kind of accuses the um, Cena of doing what the Rock, or what Cena accused the Rock doing when they had their thing a couple years ago. And it's like, okay, interesting. But if you look at WWE's, um, on page, you know, you can see that they're in China this week. Uh, some of the raw guys, including John Cena, as they start their Chinese brand. So that's not true, Roman. What are you talking about? Um, when Roman's like, well, you know, Cena's going to leave you all and, and all this other stuff. Like, well, maybe. He's 48. What does he need to do? He's a, a 217 time champion. I mean, he's won every belt that there is, made a belt on Photoshop, print, 3D printed it, and won that one back. What I mean, what, what do you want him to do? Do you want John Cena to be Ric Flair, 700 year old mummy in the ring, taking bumps? <laughs> I mean, a this, what a pun that was. And you know, you don't like puns. What, what pun was that? The mummy pun. That was not a pun. Keep going. Keep going. The rock, the rock to John Cena reference, and then the mummy. Do you want him to? I got you. See, you just that good. You don't even realize it. I hate myself a little bit more for for you saying it, but um, (laughs) but still, the idea is, um, Roman Reigns uh, absolutely sucks. Um, he's never been good. I mean, sure, he's never been the technical wrestler that he needs to be. But none of the greats have been. Hogan isn't. Austin hasn't been. The Rock hasn't been. Cena hasn't been. Um, when was the last time Randy Orton put on a 60-minute clinic? So, yeah. right. So, and those are supposed to be the greats, um, the Hall of Famers, the future Hall of Famers. So it's not even about wrestling at this point. And the honest uh, truth is I don't know why I should care about this match. It's for the fate of WWE. Roman Reigns, the pissed-off landscape architect and property uh, rights owner, needs to know whose yard it is. And John Cena's like, meh, I, I live here, dude. You know, it's, I've done everything that you're trying to do, and better. Who cares? It's, it's the biggest battle of who cares since maybe Brock versus The Undertaker? Yeah, I'll say so. I, um... And and for that reason, one point you said is by this is not this has nothing to do with wrestling. I mean, that's exactly why it's a WrestleMania match because WrestleMania is all about entertainment. So, but yeah, dot them. Well, you know, I have to say, I do care about this match. Um, 
not because I subscribe necessarily to the idea that this is a WrestleMania clash of two larger than life superstars. Um, I care about the match because it is my hope that finally we have a big match where Roman goes over. I think he should go over. And I hope we finally do something with Roman. I, I, will, I will keep harping on this until it happens. But I, I, for the life of me, do not understand why Roman is not the biggest heel in the world right now. I do not understand. Back when he was uh, working with the Usos last year and they were sort of teasing that alliance, they could uh, pull the trigger there. Certainly after he beat Undertaker at WrestleMania, right? That should have been the start of a massive successful heel turn. And yet we still have this sort of tweener Roman that gets booed by, you know, 85% of the crowd cheered by the rest, right? That we, we're not quite sure what he is. At No Mercy on Sunday, not only should he win, but he needs to absolutely destroy Cena, you know, be cocky about it. And there needs to be a full-fledged heel turn, or I don't think this is a successful storyline at all. So basically, I believe we have uh, two people saying Roman should go over a person who probably is going to use the bathroom during this time. And that leaves me. Um, first of all, um, yeah, the promos first week knocked it out the park. Second week, it's just like Roman. If this was your opportunity to become progressively better on mic, considering now that you don't have to be shy or stumble over your words because you got out your system the first time, considering that they gave you um, a John Cena hall pass because you could come out there and use whatever type of language or words you want to use. And you still kind of trip over your words. You're redundant in things you say. And I don't feel like you gained any leverage on this match. Uh, because it's crazy. I don't know if I'm tripping or not. <laughs> Roman Reigns should be the biggest heel because John Cena was getting cheered in these, in these promos. And it was ridiculous because he was, he was talking the lowest he could talk about somebody without basically go spitting it in their face. And, and he still was getting cheered. So, um, you know... Let me ask you this. Uh, if this is a WrestleMania caliber match, and officially I hate WrestleMania, but if this is a WrestleMania caliber match and it's not the main event, what does that say about the main event? Oh, main event should always be for the title. But I don't even know if that's even valid anymore. But this is for the battle of the universe. <laughs> well, well, based on uh, other stuff <laughs> I watch on Saturday night, if one of these guys don't go Super Saiyan Blue, I'm just going to be pissed off. So, um, yeah, and... Whoever else, the universe gets destroyed. Point blank. Okay. Sorry, sorry, um, for, sorry for the Dragon Ball Z reference. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, good, uh, <laughs> going okay. forward, then, uh, assuming that Roman wins, and officially, I think Cena should bury his ass. I think it should be the first ever legit buried alive match. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the thing. Cena is so good at, at, at the Buried Alive match that he doesn't even need dirt and a shovel to do it. <laughs> I'm with that. So, I mean, I would be, I would be, I would go crazy if Cena buried this guy. I would be, could you imagine if Cena beat him and he buried him to the fact that we got John, we got like uh, Roman Reigns versus Kirk Hawkins matches each week? I, I think, honestly, personally, and if we're going to do fantasy booking, I think that Cena should absolutely destroy him and go off and do whatever he needs to do. He's got a couple of movies coming out later this year and over the next 18 months, he got like three or four movies. Yeah. And then Roman should take the next month or so off 
you know, we haven't seen Roman since Survivor Series, or we haven't we haven't seen Roman since uh, you know the thing, and maybe he pops up at Survivor Series in November, or maybe he just only does house shows. We just keep him off TV and let people not boo him anymore, and then he comes back, maybe not even repackaged, but well, you can lose that damn uh, yeah. chest protector. But maybe not even repackaged, but like just reinstated in that um, as a different character, um, not this tweener BS heel. Uh, he's not Stone Cold. No, I He'll never yeah. be Stone Cold. I have a really good uh, similar path here that a lot of other people have pointed out. I'm not the first one to think of this, but if anybody is familiar with uh, Tetsuya Naito in New Japan, he had kind of the same problem where he wasn't getting a lot of response from the audiences. So they sent him off to Mexico to do a CMLL, I think it was. I'm Someone can correct me on that. I'm really bad. And then he came back and started doing his whole uh, tranquilo, I don't give a shit thing. And now he's like the biggest fucking guy in New Japan next to Okada. So a lot of people have been saying, like, why can't you do that with Roman Reigns? Like, exactly. Take him off TV. Send, you don't have to send him to CMLL. But, like, take him off, bring him back the package like you did with Naito and see where it goes from there. Because... Holy shit! It's done so much for that guy's career, because he also is this kind of shitty, bland face that nobody liked. I think, and then right. you know, comes back and he's this cool anti hero. Let me ask you a question: Do you think that's potentially what's going to happen to Dolph Ziggler? Uh, probably. Dolph Ziggler's going to leave the company. Uh, I, say, the I company. think he's going to retire. Oh, are we going to get into that? That that question is coming up. Do we doing that now? Oh no no no! One last question. Okay. Then we can switch. So yeah. So oh, okay. So we do have the Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar match. And I mean, it sounds it sounds everybody's already <laughs> not feeling this first match. But do you think that the Braun Strowman between the two matches, what match do you think is going to be the most entertaining? Uh, well, between the two matches, honestly, I plan on watching none of them. Um, the only match that I even remotely care about and at like a feigning interest is the Miz versus Jason Jordan. That's the only match that seems remotely interesting. Um, I, I mean, if they go, whatever happens, happens, you know, that Lesnar is going to be leaving sooner than later so they can go do other stuff. Um, Strowman honestly should have been the champion long ago. And the honest to God truth is that as much as I like Strowman and as much as I, you know, want to root for him, he's not Samoa Joe. And I know Joe was hurt, but there's something that Strowman lacks that Joe has in his delivery on the mic, especially on the mic. I agree. Um, mm -hmm. That Joe has just inherently, and I don't know, maybe he's just like too much of a nice guy in person and it just shows, but um, you know, he has everything that you need except for that one thing that Samoa Joe has that if he weren't hurt, Joe should be in his place easily. I, I think just by experience is what really tips Joe on this one. I mean, Joe has not always been as stellar as he is now. Um, and I think Joe definitely wants this, wanted this WWE opportunity more than um, anybody else because he, he deserved to have been here a long time ago. And, um, and what I mean by that is not because of, you know, what he's done all around the world. It's because that he's worked in promotions where his face wasn't on TV or getting the you know the um publicity deserving yeah tna was hot for a moment but he still was just like a guy that was just there you know he was overshadowed by the um kurt angles and the stains of the world at the time so 
I think he just wants it more, and I, and I think it reflects in everything he does. And in these matches that he won, especially the Brock Lesnar match that he won, he just wants it more. Braun Strowman, I think, is still a student to the game, which is reflecting in his mic work. He does look, like, even in his interviews, he looks kind of nervous. But I think overall in the matches, he's very entertaining. Um, he, 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 he wreaks destruction like the old Big Show days back in WCW. And, um, you know, I think over time, I think hopefully he just keeps progressing. But <laughs> I can tell you one thing. His progression looks better than initial period of time that Roman Reigns have in, like, the last three years. So. Yeah. I, 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 I'll say this real quick. And I would say, like, it, when watching the Strowman match, I don't fear for the safety of his opponent the way I do when Lesnar music hits or when Joe's music hits. I mean, it's going to be physical, and he's going to, you know, throw him like a long, long, like a long dart throughout the ring or whatever. But I don't feel like, okay, well, somebody's going to die. You know, when you hear that, when you hear like New Jack music hit in ECW, and when you mm. hear, you know, uh, Tommy Dreamer, you know that he's coming out. Mm. When, you know, like it's it's somebody's going to die. Do you, it's going to be a problem. Do you think that's because Braun Strowman is not technically a heel? Because this move set doesn't say that. He just he just he he does just come off as a a monster and just that. So I feel like in that case they probably just want him to be malleable because I don't think they've necessarily determined who's the heel and who's the face in this, have they? I mean both he and Lesnar are kind of they're both kind of working gray area, the two of them. And that's true. so that was my my big thing watching the promos is trying to figure out like I'm I'm not as fussed about heel face alignment as a lot of people are. I kind of, I would prefer a lot more gray areas. I would prefer a lot more heel versus heel matches, to be honest, because, you know, I think it's fun. But I get that Vince is very much a stickler for the good guy, bad guy. But it's it's almost like there's a really blurred line here. And I think also even outside of characters, what I'm really looking forward to seeing, because I'm going to watch the match, because I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But the difference between, you know, when, when you watch Brock Lesnar work somebody like Samoa Joe, you can tell that Brock definitely has a lot of respect for him because of the way that he he sells, he works with them, and it makes him look like a million bucks. And in return, like that was one of the that was a great match. But you compare you compare something like when Brock was facing fucking Dean Ambrose and giving him nothing, or when he was sandbagging Randy Orton. Like you can tell, you can really tell when Lesnar has respect for his opponent because he'll give you more. So I don't think we've seen enough of him fighting Strowman yet. I I have a Got feeling that it's going to be great. I feel like it's going to be a good matchup because I think, I think Brock's putting a little more into it now. I don't think he needs that fucking belt. Like I keep forgetting he's the Universal Champion. So is this even this is a title match, right? Like I don't. Know. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> is this a title match? I don't know. It's <laughs> a good question. I'm assuming. Top down, what but, you got here? Oh, well, I'm sorry, Caitlin. I know you wasn't finished. No, no, I, that's me just ranting about none of us. The fact that none of us know. <laughs> someone, someone please find out if it's a title match. If you want to put, okay, great. Well, if you want to put the belt on on a Braun rather, then please, because what is what? How is it elevating Brock Lesnar in any way? It's really not. So, I do. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. That's, I think it's gonna be a good match. Why not? I um I don't know. Paul Heyman's promos have been kind of like 50-50, like with the all of the what ifs or what you know that type of thing. I'm not sure if that's working for for Brock. If you if y'all if y'all remember remotely of him saying 
you know, and if Brock, I mean, and if Brock went out there and did lose and stuff like that, like I was kind of confused by that last promo, but that was just my only really reserve about this match is just that last um, Paul Heyman promo on Monday. Dot then what did you have for this? I would just say that uh, I plan to watch both matches as well. I actually expect uh, both matches to be entertaining. Uh, as as much as you know, we can nitpick various aspects of both. I think both have had great builds, right? Um, sure, there there are things we might have added, right? But I think overall the builds have been great, and uh, I think both are going to be entertaining. One or both will probably exceed expectations, and. I hope Braun Strowman wins, but I, I won't be mad if he doesn't because I think I could. We could argue that it might be too early, uh, and with Brock with the belt, if that means more Paul Heyman on TV every week, I will never complain about that. But isn't that kind of a problem though? And I feel that really feel the same way with uh, Cena and Roman. I don't need any of them to win. Like if Roman wins, fine. If Cena wins, fine. But if, and Strowman and Lesnar. If Lesnar's still the champion, okay, that doesn't really change anything. And if Strowman's the champion, then okay, fine too. But who is he? Who is his next uh, program with? You know, it that's kind of a problem for me because there's no one to root for or against. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, that that's kind of what they've been doing in WWE lately, where they don't really have a uh, like a top. Well, they definitely don't have a top heel. Um, but everybody's too. Everybody's in too much in the middle ground. Um, they're not, except for like Kevin Owens or or even Jinder Mahal. You know, they, they don't. They really need more definitive uh, heels. Um, they have a lot of tweeners and a lot of faces. Gen- gender by. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get to gender yet. <laughs> but Jinder oh, Mahal is absolutely a heel. <laughs> There's no fans or buts about that. Right. Um, yeah, but but before gender. The Dolph Ziggler thing again. I I'll start with Dante and with this, and he's coming out with this yeah. anti gimmick gimmick yeah. of debuting people's interests, and I'm I'm just not quite getting it. I don't even know how to even pose the question, but like what what do you make of this or explain this to me? What is what is the direction here? I hate it so much. Go for it. Go for it. Tell, tell me why you hate it. Cause I'm sure it's the same reasons I hate it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I think the ideal storyline, like when it starts, like the first time a storyline gets underway, you should be able to have some idea of, okay, this is where they might be going the one or two directions they might be going in. Dolph Ziggler has been doing this for what, two, three weeks from now. And everyone is totally confused. Um, and, and I honestly, I don't see this, this going anywhere. Honestly, I thought Dolph Ziggler was preparing to retire about three years ago. And uh, it would not shock me if his retire, his retirement is imminent right now, because I mean, who can he feud with right now? He's basically feuded with, most everyone, uh, except for you know Bobby Roode, uh, I've heard some rumors about that. But, and I think he's had a fairly successful career, right? Yes, he's had his injuries, but not everyone gets to hold the world title, um, and he's held it I think twice, right? He's been on WrestleMania, he's been in main events of pay-per-views. 
uh, I don't think there's anything left for him to do, and I don't think this storyline is serving him well, uh, which is, I think, why I dislike it. I think he should, uh, if he is headed out soon, I think you want to head out with um, a respectable legacy behind you, and I don't think this is adding to his legacy. Oh, yeah, good point. There's nothing there. I mean, I have so much secondhand embarrassment that I, I mute the TV and I do something else because I just, I, it's, it's like watching a man have a live breakdown on your TV every week. And I just, you're, they're, they're trying to spin it into something that is just not going to go anywhere. And yeah, the, the idea is that at some point Bobby is going to come out and glorious DDT him on the ramp. But that's cool, but that puts Bobby in this position of being a face, which I don't know. Are we ready to see Bobby Roode as a face? I don't know if I Absolutely. am. I'm not, so I don't know what they're doing here. I think Dolph should have gone. Like, what, what's left for him to do? He's like Randy Orton. What's left for him to do, really? I mean, his time's passed. There's, there's nothing left for you now, Dolph. Come on. Uh, you know what? This feels like the Emelina thing. Where it's just like, oh, okay, where is this going? And mm, then day yeah. he's gonna say, oh no, let's just go ahead and put a plug on this. But that should have happened two weeks ago for Dolph Ziggler, and uh, we're two weeks in, and we're all still wondering, like, um, mm-mm. don't see the point here. It's absolutely not good. I have not watched. I've I've watched SmackDown live, um, live the last two weeks. I would not be surprised if Hulu takes this section out of it on their uh on their replay. Because it's completely Did I, pointless. Do you, guys think, do you guys think it would make more sense if we still had Talking Smack and he actually was able to explain his actions a little better? I feel like it would give a better dimension to his crazy madness. Well, I've always said, that. you know, Talking Smack was a, was a place for, you know, characters to get themselves over mm-hmm. or try to point some direction as to what they're doing. It worked really good for Baron Corbin. Um, and it worked really good for all the women on SmackDown as well, too. So with that being gone, it's just the element of we do not understand the method of your madness. You are not quite getting over with the fans. Um, it's no excuse for certain people. I mean, even Aiden English feels a little bit more guided than Dolph Ziggler right now. And that is a big no-no. So, um, yeah. Mm-mm. Just get rid of it. Point blank. <laughs> do something with Dolph. I have no answer for what. But just just stop this right now. Uh, crap. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I haven't watched SmackDown in months, so I really didn't realize this, uh, that Dolph Ziggler was still on the show. I thought he had been um, sent out to main event territory or superstars or whatever they have. Um, but it, it sounds like he's doing a poor man standing in Sandow a uh, bit, and Good it, it's uh, the long and short of it is is that Ziggler, you know, had his moment. I was there right after WrestleMania where he beat. Del Rio and cash their money in the bank. Won a championship. And that was great. Uh, it was probably the loudest crowd I've personally been in in a long time. But that was like five years ago. So what else? They're, they're, unfortunately, though, I don't think Ziggler is done. I just think that they have a lot of guys with no direction. Where Whether it's an Aiden English or Sami Zayn or Ziggler. Um, uh, what's the uh, uh, on Raw? all of the women um they just have them there and they don't really do anything with them uh and it's you know really unfortunate that it happens but it's everything the superstar shakeup said that we would avoid we would have new and fresh matches all of these new rivalries that would come about and they resorted into sticking in the same five or six people into the same slots and forgetting about everybody else um 
And now, unfortunately, Ziggler is in that back of the bus with everybody else. So as far as what he can do, what else could, what else has he not done? He's done the impassioned speech. He's come out as everybody famous over the last 10 years, 20 years. So, but then again, what could he do that Sami Zayn couldn't do differently and try to elevate himself? So, you know, obviously you do need mid-carters. Not everybody can rise to the top, and I understand that. But how much is Ziggler's success or lack thereof uh, his lack of imagination or handcuffing by management saying this is this is what you got to do if you want that paycheck at the end of the uh, show? This is what your role is right now until we come up with something else. That's a good point. Not every not everybody can be the new day or the Usos and say, "Hey, we're going to have a rap battle, guys," and they pitch it to a room of you know fifty year old plus white men. Not everybody gets to do that. Yeah. You know, not everybody can be Roman Reigns and low-key curse on TV. Um, so a lot of people just have to kind of play the hand of their dealt. And unfortunately, Ziggler has been doing that for a long time. So uh, you know, I wish him well because we've seen him at his best. And now that he's nowhere near that point, it's kind of like, well, is this the end for him? I don't think so. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. I I was going to answer like to the point of what what should he do, and I just you know, new thing, new look, new attire, something, something to create some interest to see what are you going to do. Um, as much as I like Baron Corbin, you hate Baron Corbin. I got to be honest, Baron Corbin also has been one of those type of okay, what's what, what's happening here? You, he's he's acting like a wrestler with ADD because he's losing focus as to his what's his what's his ultimate goal. Or what's his direction? And I know it's creative that, you know, that ultimately decides that. But it looks silly from the viewer's point that one minute you're chasing the world championship or you're, you're chasing the new hottest free agent to now, don't forget, you owe me a title shot type of thing with AJ Styles. You know, it just, it really doesn't make sense. Yeah, you have to be adaptable, right? And I feel like that's also Ziggler's problem is that he hasn't adapted. Isn't, yeah. isn't that just the crux of it? That he has not adapted his character, his look, his music, anything. He hasn't changed. And it's probably really easy, especially with guys like Corbin, to, to figure out ahead of time, is this a character you can see changing and morphing and adapting over the years? Because I, I can't with Corbin, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Ziggler taking the trip to 205 if he makes weight. But I guess the question is to that, though, how much can you change? Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. not like Coach Kobe Kingston or, or Xavier Woods, or hell, even the New Day in the beginning. They came out as a gospel band, and now they're bronies. That is not that was not an overnight change. Yeah. Um, Bray Wyatt from Husky Harris to well Bray Wyatt, um, that's not an overnight change. And unfortunately, we've seen like the death of Bo Dallas, who went from top NXT star, arguably greatest champion, blah 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 NXT, to a basically a heel version of what John Cena does to. A poor man's Damian Sandow, uh, you know, backing up the Miz. So, I don't. That's the part of the problem where everybody says that you need to do this and there's grass, uh, brass rings to be uh, grabbed and all that BS. And it's like, sure, if you let us. <laughs> but how much? How much of that uh, dictation is coming from Vince saying that? Well, Ziggler is, you know, five six one, uh, with a, with a decent face, a square jaw, and blonde hair. Vince has a vision for that. 
and that's Alex Riley, that's John Heidenreich, that's Matt Morgan. You know, that's what that look that Vince likes. And who is Ziggler to say, well, I kind of was thinking about doing a, uh, you know, Spider Woman type of thing. No, we're not doing that. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, can, I hear stories about how people pitch things and get shut down immediately uh, because Vince likes what he likes. But you're right. Ziggler hasn't changed. I'm not entirely sure that he should. His gimmick is generic enough to be heel or a face, unlike Bailey, who is stuck as a, as a heel, as a face, um, unless she threatens to alienate her core audience, you know, tween age kids. But Tiggle so, um, can do it. If he, yeah, if he has the, uh, yeah, but. Can I, have, go ahead. Can I just add, I, I think I just figured this out, and WWE can just send me their check later. But uh, I, as I've mentioned in the past, am a big proponent of stables. I think Ziggler should be um, a leading figure in a stable. I don't think he has a change at all, right? But uh, I think being in a stable, especially if we think back to the ECW days, I was a big fan of the impact players. Uh, Justin Incredible, Lance Storm, Don Marie, and I think some other guy was in it at some point. Uh, it just worked. It clicked. I could easily see Ziggler in a stable with uh, Maria and Mike Kanellis. Where the hell are they? Right. Um, probably some big guy in the stable like Luke Harper maybe. I think that would work perfectly. Right. Because you have three solid workers. You have Maria who can be who's pretty solid on the mic. Ziggler can fairly well enough handle his own on the mic. Uh, and with the right storyline I think that could easily rejuvenate all three, all four of those stars. I should, I should do think that could work. Now that I think about it. Um, well, consider that they don't, don't need it. Have. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Right and they don't really have stables in WWE nowadays, at least in the main roster, anyway. Yeah, you so know what? Why not? And I've been thinking for the longest. This whole like rumor of like you know. Potentially, uh, authors of pain coming up, and then sanity to lead to be right behind them after Wizardface just went face. So that that gotta mean something. Who, if you got a if you got a a solid stable that's you know pretty much substantial insanity, what are they gonna do when they come up? Considering that there's no other stable out there for them to face. So I, I think it does work. I think Dolph Ziggler with Big E and um, AJ Lee that absolutely worked for all three of them. Yeah. yeah. Even with Big E being the mute for like <laughs> for like <laughs> half the year, you know? Um, and look how much yep. charisma that dude had him in him. Who would have ever thought? So um I, I I think it could work. Um, but talking about uh things of the past, Paige has been I'm not no, it has been rumored to be returning soon, but has been confirmed by WWE that she will be returning soon. So everybody answer whatever you want to answer. Do we want this? Are we excited no. for this? What no. makes this work? Nothing. <laughs> what did we expect? <laughs> I'm so down because I have a lot of hot takes with this. I've been, per I, it's not a hot take. I just, I don't care. I'm going to take Crab's stance here and just say I don't care. Because. Why is it my stance? Because you, you don't care about <laughs> most things that we talk about. <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, God, she's burned so many bridges and burned so much goodwill and there are so many better women wrestlers than her right now. I'm sorry. I was never impressed by her and I just, I don't think she deserves a second chance. I'm sorry. I'll put it right out there. I do not think she deserves another chance. Pass. Hard pass. 
Mm. That's it. That's it. I think that she should go to NXT. <laughs> well, well, actually, there's a big vacancy open for her as being the top person. I, that may not be a bad idea. I don't Every think that night. she's uh, she's ready to come. I mean, when not she's ready because we don't know what her progress is right now. And she did have surgery on her neck, I think. So that's very serious. But assuming that she comes back, um, they have a hard enough time on the main roster uh, you know, dealing with women in general, uh, you know, giving them meaningful storylines, giving them a, you know, a reason to watch. They're barely higher on the uh, totem pole than 205 Live, which is a different problem, but equally unfortunate. The idea is is that uh, Paige, especially with the movie coming out next year, money to be made there. There's some merch to be sold there. And overall, I would say, yeah, she can go scratch. But um, but no, there's a lot of money to be left on the table. Senator NXT. I was just checking real quick. Uh, so she's not going to be on Total Divas this next season. Uh, something I talked about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> something I was think- talking about, uh, you know, a couple of months ago about maybe that's why they're keeping her around because of uh, the movie and Total um, and, and E has not officially fired her from Total Divas. So, I mean, she definitely has a story worth equality because that's all they go for, stuff like that. Um, but she's not on it this season. I think she was replaced by Carmella, and then we have Nia Jackson um, and uh, Alessa Bliss. Listen, but the, the problem with like stories, uh, shows like Total Divas is they can be truthful but not too real. So when you talk about like, oh, you didn't take out the trash. Well, I thought I did, but you didn't. Blah. Find out what happens next time on Total Divas. <laughs> did they take out the trash or not? Um, that's as salacious as it'll get. But when we're talking about assault and battery charges, um, her privacy being evaded and a sex tape being disseminated, uh, remastered in 3D, um, allegedly, and it's certainly not on a PlayStation right now. But the idea is that stuff is not what E looks for in Total Divas. That, those are the stories that you can't tell anyway. You can't have cameras follow her around Mexico City when Del Rio's you know, drop-kicking homeless people in the chest. Uh, or whatever fucking rampage he's on that week. That's for the Lifetime um, Network. <laughs> if, she, can, if she were pregnant and, and seventeen, it would be on Lifetime. I can tell you what: if she but, wasn't, if she wasn't with Del Rio, there's a good chance that she'll be very open about this too. E. Eh, uh, well, still, the idea is um, they need happy stories with happy endings, and here are nine one one tapes of Paige crying in the airport. Uh, does not sell tickets or. Uh, get sponsors to buy that's what cinder asked the nxt have her work with amber moon uh you know to get herself you know back together and then move her up when you know to see if she still has it because nxt has a lot of time to build and we don't we haven't seen her wrestle in what two years yeah so we don't know what her mental state is we don't know what her physical state is so have her go down there for a couple months and put together uh, a program with a with a competent wrestler down there and if they feel that she can, you know, come up, then fine. And then after the movie's uh, over, you know, send her ass to evolve. <laughs> but I really don't need her on my TV anymore. Not <laughs> deal. Uh, I, I would just quickly add that uh, I don't necessarily want to see her back, and it's not that I don't like her. 
but where would she go? Um, there's too many people in WWE, <laughs> right? Where, where would they fit her in? Um, if we think about Raw, a three-hour show, and we have some women on the Raw roster like Mickey James that we see once every four weeks. So I think Paige was sort of just add to the bloat uh, of that roster. And, and even on SmackDown Live, uh, we, we see the women more often, but some women we might see in backstage cameos, but they don't wrestle for three weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, there's literally no room for Paige is what I'm getting at. And so I think she'd just be better off going somewhere else. Yep, NXT, have her win the NXT championship. She'll be the, what, only three-time champion? See how the crowd reacts to that? I don't know how I feel about giving her another belt since seeing what she did with the first one. Okay. No, I just I just uh, had this hor- I just had this horrible idea that they're going to leave an empty spot in that women's match at the next takeover, and it's going to be Paige. Okay. Oh, geez. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Um... The belt, the belt got Maddox, then I don't think we need that again. I'm gonna leave the. I'm, look, we're gonna go over the last, <laughs> the most, the biggest topic. We'll go last. So let's go through these last yeah. two topics real quick. WWE is bringing back the classic w, WCW pay per view in Starcade. Reactions. Ooh. First of all, I hate oh. it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it for oh, one. Fight, fight. All the I don't pioneers care. I don't care. of Starcade are not involved in this. And the and the and the and the fact of the matter is, it's been announced. The card has already been announced, and you even have legends appearing for it in Ricky uh, Steamboat and um, I forgot who else. Oh, and uh, Rock and Roll Express. That's fine. Wow. But you still have Sting that's sitting out there, and you have Hogan, who I guess is on better terms because I keep seeing him on different people promotional videos. So if you're going to do this, do this right. And it's considered a house show pay-per-view, which means that um, it's going to be on, on a random Saturday or something. And typically those pay-per-views don't hold up pretty good. Don't so recall. It's, it's the week after Survivor Series um, in November. The, the, on paper, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of WCW. I grew up watching WCW. And selfishly, Starcade, the last uh, seven or eight, were here in Washington, D.C. at the Verizon Center. Sure. So I was there for all of those things. It, w- it was my Christmas gift almost every year yep. as a kid growing up. Did, uh, uh, same thing with Great American Bash being a birthday present almost every year growing up in Baltimore. Um, with that said, uh, WWE can grow through themselves for two reasons. Number one, this is the same weekend as WrestleCade, a big independent promotion. Uh, fan uh, meetup and uh, almost like a convention that's not officially a wrestling convention. And they would have a lot of stars and a lot of indie talent, it's, a lot of uh, indie shows. It's as official of it as any of them is ever going to be. Right. Um, and that is happening in, I want to say, Raleigh, North Carolina. That's whereas true. Starcade is going to happen in Greensboro, North Carolina, about two and a half hours away. Uh, the same weekend. So go after yourself, WWE. You didn't need to do that. You definitely didn't need to do it in the next biggest town over. Um, and you definitely didn't need to play on the nostalgia of old NWA territory, which is where WCW came from, by putting it in the heart of Flair Country, North Carolina. So that's a total dick move. Secondly, I would rather see WCW is dead. Uh, I cried you know, for about a good 18 months after it died. 
I'm still getting over it, you know, some 17 years, 16 years later, but it is dead. And so is ECW. We can't bring back those moments. The world has changed. We are in a different place as fans now. Uh, point case in point, last Tuesday SmackDown, where a quote-unquote joke gets a that's too far chant. Okay, whatever. But that's the world we live in now. So it will never be 1997 all over again. It will never be Starcade 01 uh, ever again. That has passed. With that said, I would rather see them bring back the In Your House series instead of having 40 pay-per-views then they already do house shows on the weekend. So why not just do, uh, you know, whatever show, whatever named event in your house and show them the network? Kind of like what they did for Roadblock in Toronto. I think that's what it was. Um, well, one was in Toronto, one was in Pittsburgh, I think. But still, uh, they can definitely make that work. But calling it Starcade in North Carolina is just a cash grab to get attendance up. And house show attendance has been in the trash uh you know the cup last couple months and they know it and if you've seen the pictures from last monday's raw or smackdown in the bay area mm-hmm. um not <laughs> only did they block off like half the damn building but attendance also was trash like they were mm-hmm. talking about like five thousand people for raw and i know that both of those arenas went full for uh a twenty thousand seats easy for basketball or hockey so uh, you keep Starcade name out of your mouth. Uh, I would love to go, but I hate North Carolina. And, um, you know, do anything else but that. But, yeah. you know, if you're not going to do it right, then don't do it at all. Yep, I agree. <laughs> uh, Kaylin? Uh, I have no opinion, to be honest, because uh, I am not a WCW person at all. Uh, I, I miss that whole era, to be honest. I didn't watch anything. So I'm not it, exactly... It I, I know it doesn't matter, but like, is there is there a conceit to the Starcade pay per view that I'm missing? Like, was there a was it like War Games? Was there something that it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, okay. Um, was, right. So it was some of the biggest moments in WCW history uh, happened at Starcade, and you know I was there. So Bret Hart's concussion uh, when mm. he took that kick to the head from Goldberg was at Starcade. Oh one. yeah. Um, yeah, we were so salty that like mm. Christmas was ruined. Goldberg ruined Christmas, bastard. <laughs> but um, but yeah, a lot of seminal moments. Uh, the formation of the MWO, the finger poke of doom, and like a lot of those things happened at Starcade. So it was a massive, yeah. massive deal. Uh, and it started like the first three or four were in the Greensboro Coliseum, the, uh, right uh, on the uh, NWO territory. How can we forget the 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 the, like, the debut of the Crow Sting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, now yeah, that so I they have like they have like twenty five star cage or something like that. So yeah. okay. Well, now that I got the background, it is really dumb. They're using that name for a glorified house show. Like that's really stupid. Right. Um, and to be honest, well, like when I, I just I've said to be honest like twenty times already. But when I first saw the lineup, I thought this was a joke. I mean, yeah. the the booby room thing was great for one. But also saying that Ricky Seamoat and the Rock and Roll Express, like the whole thing, I thought it was. I thought it was an elaborate gag. I, I did not take this seriously until all the dirt sheets and everybody picked it up as being a real thing. So I, I'm just going to say I'm going to believe it when I see it. Uh, but well, I, you know, whatever. The reason why they have that is, again, part of the WrestleCade, uh, your big yeah. nostalgic wrestling weekend in Raleigh. And then, of course, Starcade and that nostalgia into that name itself 
you know, to have Ricky Steamboat and the Rock and Roll Express there is, you yeah. know, another, um, it's, it's, it's basically a, a big cash grab for, uh, to boost attendance. And if they were to do a similarly pointed show by having like, you know, in 10 years, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels sign autographs at the Bell Center in Montreal, yeah. or, you know, have a bunch of the Ty Jillinger versus Brood in Toronto, you know, which would be a, like a, a bigger draw there than probably anywhere else in the country or in, the, in North America. Um, it's kind of the same deal. Yeah. And, that the, and that the, the other thing is, too, the two legends or uh, set of people that we've um, that we announced that's going to be at the show had no real significant at Starcade. Even DDP had a moment at Starcade that they could have bring him in for. So it's it's literally when I seen it at first, I was just like, oh, somebody's trolling around. Then um, whatever the Coliseum, they tweeted it, still didn't believe it. And then I really had to do check some sources to say like, okay, it's really happening. But is that really going to be the car? Oh yeah, that's really going to be the car. And it's going to be a house show special. Like it's all blasphemy to me. And I, that is one of the, I'm pulling my crab card here. I will not be watching that. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if this is actually going to be on the network. I have not confirmed that. Um, the event will happen, but will it be televised? I, I don't know. I would, like to see, I would like to see more events like the live at Madison Square Garden special or, you know, uh, Roblox in your house, you know, or whatever, or Starcade or whatever they want to do. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be once a month, but once a quarter, if they can take a, what would be a house show and give people a reason to go and us a reason to watch the network because we're here for the wrestling, not for, you know, dancing with the wrestling stars or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, Roadblock um, was very good. Roadblock was very good as an example of that. Yeah, we saw the uh, the revival for the first time on our, our network. That Triple H Dean Ambrose match was very solid. So you can get yeah. the you can get good things out of these. But right, and it, and it doesn't have to have the production of a Raw or SmackDown or pay per view. It's a it's a house show. And yeah. nobody's expecting it to be anything bigger. And even Beast in the East back in the day, um, the Neville versus Chris Jericho match was a stellar match. It might have been the best match of that night. And, yeah. you know, you do get gems like that. I, I get it. But let's right. just go ahead and rename this to something else. <laughs> Instead of starting. But I would, like to, I would like to see more Beast in the East or a live show when they do, uh, like, what was it, uh, Jericho versus Cena in Hawaii last year or something like that? Yeah. Um, um, or... They had another show that's similar in Australia yeah. that was a pretty big deal, like Nakamura vs. Owens yeah. in Australia a couple months ago. I mean, I'm not saying that I would wake up at 2 a.m. for that, but right. maybe if it, the product presented right. Right. So, so you know, get some GoPros and stick it out and broadcast it. Dot them, you got any remarks on Starcade returning? Um, like I said before, I love the idea. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with them using Starcade. It's clearly them trying to appeal to nostalgia. Um, like many of us, I grew up very much looking forward to Starcade every year. Remember, or remember my dad ordering on pay-per-view. Um, and sure, it's a cash grab. Um, they're a business, right? I've never taken a business class, but I, this seems like a good business move to make, right? Um, and I mean, I already. I don't feel like there's, this is a reason to criticize WWE, especially when they have um, a few weeks later their superstars working on Christmas night. I think that's something to be upset about. Um, but I mean, I think Starcade is fine. I think it's going to be entertaining if it is put on the network. And um, yeah, it's a cash grab, but I mean, what do we expect? And if we're talking about cash grabs, um, 
promotions like Global Force Wrestling, which I just learned, um, will be having a show um, on WrestleMania weekend right across the street from WWE Access. We want to talk about cash grab, right? Uh, I think that we have a prime example there. And so, I mean, I, I'm not going to criticize WWE for this. I think it's um, a logical move. It's going to it's going to draw numbers because it's appealing to a st- nostalgia, right? We can criticize who's on the card, but at the end of the day, it's it's a show, right? They're trying to entertain, and there's going to be an audience that's entertained. I, I can say one thing. Um, first of all, for Global Force trying to pull that maneuver with trying to uh, do a show across from Access, surprised WWE is even allowing that. But at the same time, 30 days, probably not even worried because it's like <laughs> Global Force, <laughs> they're not going to make it to April. So uh, good luck. But I guess that's the thing. And I still don't believe they're going to get a lot of, uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. At least, at least they're trying to be relevant if they'll survive to them. But we'll see. Um, speaking of WCW, uh, it is, it would, it would be a shame if we didn't go out, um, if we went off on the show without talking about the late great Hall of Famer, Bobby the Brain Heenan, who passed, um, this week, this week, or was it, when was it? Uh, Sunday, it was Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. This week. And, um, one of, one of the, I gotta say one of the, one of my favorite voices in WCW, uh, Definitely love this commentary, the energy, and just how uh, you know raunchy he could be at times as well too. Um, and uh, a lot of his antics and stuff as well will definitely be memorable. Being a WCW kid, so um, just just wanted to give everybody a chance that they wanted to share any of their favorite memories or thoughts on on, on his passing. Uh, I definitely remember him as a commentator. Uh, people love to wax poetic about Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, but tell him, honestly, tell him, man. Me, it was Heenan Zabisco and Tony Schiavone. Yep, all day. Um, or Heenan Zabisco and, and Eric Bischoff as like my three-man dream team commentary team. But as far as a manager goes, uh, you know, he's one of the best, you know, managers, arguably the best manager ever. Um, and he was, you know, just really, really funny guy. Um, just great ring presence. And he just knew what to say at the right time uh, to get that reaction from the crowd. I mean, he just arguably uh, the best ever at what he did. Anyone else? I would agree with that. Um, I mean, this is a big loss in the wrestling world. Uh, I think I most enjoyed Bobby Heenan at the commentary table. I was actually just looking on the network uh, a couple weeks ago at WrestleMania 17, which uh, is certainly in my top five of WrestleManias. And uh, that was the one where he called along with, I think, Mean Gene or somebody, uh, where they had the gimmick Battle Royal. And I spent the entirety of that match laughing um, not only because the match was absurd, but Bobby Heenan on commentary was great. And the fact that we've lost that voice is is a tragedy. Yeah. Can't name it in that there. Uh, again, I, I really missed a whole lot of that era. So unfortunately, yeah. I do not have a lot of uh, Bobby Heenan moments. But I will say that uh, I was at Smash Wrestling on Sunday and we did a 10 bell salute. Good. Which is very nice. And right after the final bell, someone screamed, I love you, Bobby. And it was actually so perfect we all just started cheering and I, I really got, you know, I got a little emotional just seeing like Corey Graves just tweeted without him, there is no me. 
Yeah. And I just thought that was so perfect. It was so perfect. So I, I think they handled it really well. And I think, you know, I think the tribute they showed on Monday was fantastic. And by all accounts, they're filming more footage for a, a further tribute. So yeah. I just think they've done a really good job honoring that. I think uh, this is one of the brighter moments where you, you're, you know, the death of WCW was a hard thing, but it's, 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 it's a good thing to know that we can still watch a lot of that on the network. And contrary to like, you know, people being bred in TNA and we don't even have access to stuff like that. But, you know, all these moments, not that I'm trying to plug the WWE network, but all these moments are living there. And, uh, you know, whenever you whenever you get that itch to want to go back to watch uh, either something you grew up to or you can relate to, it's all there. And it's 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 like Jamal, like some days I just go back to be like, man, I'm about to go back to that one uh, Starcade from that year, not because I can see myself, just because I just want to remember the chills or the feels or whatever happened during it, and as well. And probably, probably well, to bring Heenan. How much does this match on network cost? How much? What? How much? How much is, is there? Is there a price associated with this network? So, so anyway, yeah. So okay. you know, it's there and it's available, and um, you know, um, like I said, is this some some moments you just want to go back just to relive some of those moments? Okay, our last topic for tonight is the most talked about topic right now this week in wrestling. And it happens to be the Jinder Mahal's racist promo that he did on SmackDown this week. And I'm, the floor is open. I mean, clearly I wrote this question is, did he go too far? Is a good way to start. But no, the floor is open. I want to hear thoughts, reactions, or just anything on this right now. I didn't see the promo because why would I ever watch SmackDown? But the, from what I've been reading, um, it doesn't. I wouldn't say that he's gone too far because worse has been said. You know, you know, at, on purpose in WWE, um, and even the way it was worded. And unless what I'm reading is wrong, he was saying what people would do, not that he uh, did. The, the actual comment that that people took too far was that when he called Nakamura um, Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. Uh, I think he actually worded it as "This is what you think of him as," not "This is what I'm calling him," which is something different. And the, and the audience said that's too far. Well, and, and and I and I gotta I gotta chime in on that. And just to say too, how far off is he from that? If he is the champion, who knows? Like. He's the champion. He's done everything right. He has not failed no drug test, and he's being turned on because he's not—he's not pretty much booking himself as a heel. He's telling you guys that he's different, comes from a different country, well, for a huge backing, and you guys don't like me because of that. Who's to say that Nakamura would not be the same thing? Um, the problem with Jinder uh, Mahal is is that he's not getting enough heat as a heel champion um his gimmick is not anti-american it's just pro somebody else but but at the and, same time too do you want him to get so much heat that you have the indian crowd sort of going turning against wwe well i'm not indian so i can't speak for them but, but i mean you, i grew up we always thought this was all about the money here <laughs> this has always been about the money but the I, I grew up going to you know ecw shows where people threw batteries in the ring because of you know what was being said at you know what the wrestlers were saying so as far as like you know physical violence where like you know a group of dudes that watched the show was ready to storm the ring you know i was i was there for that um not for that but i was there and that happened 
So it's not necessarily like, you know, is this what um is this what it's come to where you can make a statement like that and it's perceived as racist and all that good stuff? Um, is that going too far? Well, do we blame Jinder Mahal or do we blame the people that wrote it? Because he didn't act with this. This was his script. He memorized it and said it. Um, and the WWE puts out a statement saying, oh, we didn't know what happened. Sorry. That's BS. Okay. I'll, before I respond back, give uh, everybody else a chance. What, what, do you, what do you guys think on this? Uh, I, too, did not see it because I was at a screening of It, which was also quite good. Uh, I'm, I'm not sad I missed this promo because it just sounded like the same bullshit that he's been spouting every week with a little dash of racism. So I, I, do, I do understand that there was that nuance of this is what Americans think of him. And that was maybe not necessarily uh, communicated very well. But regardless, it's, just, it's such, it's such low-hanging fruit in terms of heel heat promos that we should we should be beyond it by now i mean the whole you're not american you don't look the same you're a bad person i just it, we could they could be doing so much more with this and the sooner they get that belt off gender i mean the better how much how much more does he have in the tank i mean make your make all your on the gas jokes now while you can but it, I just, I don't think that there's anything else they can do here. They're, they're going to totally forget about this segment. They're, they're going to pretend it never happened. Well, they didn't upload it to they the will YouTube not channel. Mention it again. Sorry? Yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't upload it to the YouTube channel. Yeah, well, they're just going to, they're never going to reference it again. They, they will probably not go back to that. I mean, I read conflicting opinions that they should address it. And they sure, or they should, you know, make some kind of clarification around it. But in this day and age, with everything else that's going on in the world, do we really need to add more casual racism bullshit to it? I'm not necessarily talking about the Mr. Miyagi comment, but the the the, the, the R and the L switch he was doing with the they look the same. Like that's that's one step away from doing the slanted eyes of your fingers, in my opinion, which is so uncalled. You can't do that. That's horrible. It's just so, not, it, it, that was so dist- it was so distasteful. You can't do that. It's awful. So hold on, hold on. Before I respond to that, that do you have Sorry, I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. No, no, it's the, la- it's the last topic. Give, give it all you got. Jonathan, you got something there? You want to chime in here? Uh, yeah, I would just add, I initially turned away from the promo because um, I'm sorry, I'm just not feeling Jinder Mahal. Uh, I, I haven't really been able to get behind this championship run. But uh, I did go back and look at it um, a little bit later, someone had video on Twitter because I saw the reaction. And I do think it was in poor taste, um, particularly because they just returned from a successful tour of Osaka, Japan yes, this yes, past weekend. And so to come on TV two days later and um, trash your biggest Japanese star um, just seemed illogical to me. Um, from a business perspective, a social perspective, a fill-in-the-blank perspective. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think it was in poor taste. And, yeah, it doesn't surprise me if they – it wouldn't surprise me, I should say, if they never reference it again because they shouldn't. No. Uh, they shouldn't reference it again, and, and I think that's mostly because it's just dumb. Um, it wasn't smartly done. It's not a smart angle to take. Um, like, what are you, what are you doing? Now, I don't even think that Jinder is the character that could even touch that subject. If the Briscoes wanted to do it, okay, oh. I believe that a little bit more. 
though it probably shouldn't be done anyway because it's racism and racism is just damn dumb anyway. Uh, with that said, the problem with Jinder Mahal, I don't, I think he's actually been a decent champion. Um, and, and he's been exactly what I've been asking for. I want somebody different, not necessarily a black guy or just a, uh, you know, a, a not John Cena type, but I want somebody that hasn't really had that chance and he's actually done it well. It was a surprise when he's won it. It's a surprise that he still has the belt. And honestly, unfortunately, uh, there aren't too many people that I would rather see uh, with the belt than not, you know, than not gender. Um, Orton doesn't need to be champion ever again. He's done it all. Uh, Ziggler, we agree. No. Uh, Sami Zayn, no. AJ Styles, maybe. But then where do you go from there? Kevin Owens, okay, maybe. So out of their entire roster, they have two potential successors to the throne. That's a bigger problem than actually having Jinder Mahal keep the belt throughout the summer. But now that we're into like the meat of it between Survivor Series, WrestleMania, uh, Survivor Series, the Rumble, and WrestleMania, um, this will be this will determine how much faith they have in him going forward. As you have, you know, the dog days of summer are over, and people are at home watching TV again. So, so what's yeah. been what's what's been the magic? First of all, hold on, I gotta ask, and this is this may just be the stupidity of me. Calling somebody Mr. Miyagi is racist. Yes. Do you, is that like a casual racist turn, or is that like a yes. reference in disregard like to Karate Kid? I think it's just basically like shorthand for a stereotype kind of. No, deal. It's, I mean, when you when you look at, I mean, for a number of different reasons, it's just damn dumb and racist. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be like saying that all black guys are Kevin Hart. I mean, to give, consider the context of it. Him as a foreigner um, to America um, is saying that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura looks like you know an eighty-year-old karate instructor, just a short, round, you know, because they all Japanese look the same. Yeah, like, oh, ridiculous! Uh, right. So there lies the problem. I don't know, man. So that, it's not like he came out here and called the Japanese person Jackie Chan, you know, and I think that's absolutely like bad, but that's probably coming next. Just watch. Yeah, it's actually worse because Jackie Chan's from China. Okay. That's that's the point though. It's it's just completely ignorant and dumb. You you shouldn't even uh you know broach that level of stupidity. Okay, so you're saying if you're I, I, all right. Kind of there, are different ways, there are different ways to get uh, heat. Yeah. Um, bagging but, on someone's ethnicity is not one of them. Okay, right. So, okay, so look, the, the job's accomplished here in poor taste. They got more heat on him. And the other thing no, is. They didn't. What? How did they not get more heat on this guy? Because people are walking away and not booing him. No, people, think, people are not saying, I, I think, hate you. People are saying, screw this. I'm watching something else. Hey, but that's still considered heat to him because he is the deliverer of it. When the WWE have to, has to deliver, um, sort of say, a statement on you about it, then it is what it is. I think it's not, it's not pure wrestling heat, but it is heat nonetheless. Because people now say, oh, this guy's like out here complaining about being different and people going against him. What type of shot did he just take a two consecutive weeks, you know? Um, I disagree with that because even Marie did not do herself any favors by not taking bumps. Really I mean, outside uh, of the building. Not taking bumps? <laughs> no, well, that too. I mean, you know, the whole, whole you know, wrestling acumen is, is, is a different problem. But the idea is that 
there is, you know, a good pop. There is a bad pop. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Roman Reigns versus John Cena and people cheer for the their, the perceived lesser of two evils, not because they liked the guy, because they booed Cena when he came out initially, and then cheered him during the promo because truth kind of cuts kind of deep. So that's not a good reaction. You know, Cena isn't like the overwhelming face in the situation. He's just a guy that I hate less um, versus an actual heel that makes me feel like I don't like this guy. Kevin Owens, for example, does that very well. Um, yeah, but, but then he again, all, Kevin Owens also takes the unpopular style of 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 a containing heel heat. I don't particularly think ever aiming after somebody's family is particularly a good thing. And it's all perceived by however you want it to take. I honestly don't think I honestly don't think to the original question that he went too far in certain extents. One, because of the fact of the whole the whole thing was supposed to be comedic, comedic. So that the jokes did not lay flat like uh, the jokes did not lay like they were supposed to and, and fell flat. I mean, that's just like any comedian out there on the stage anyway, trying to do that. We know it was a comedic scene because they're doing gestures and all that that, other stuff. That is not true because the difference is, is the difference between comedy and uh, what WWE is doing is a comedy is you can kind of get a pass because of the intent. The intent of Mahal's uh, speech is to piss people off. So there. So oh, the fact that we have to delve into a gray area of racism is never okay. I don't even agree with that either. And that's just that's just borderline saying like with Dolph Ziggler coming out as Ultimate Warrior that that wasn't right, considering that, that his right. wife was out there. Yeah, that wasn't but right. His, but his whole intent on these last two weeks were to tell people like, oh, does this make you guys happy? Like, does this work? Yeah. Well, whether it's Dolph coming out as the um, Ultimate Warrior. Or Ginger saying what he said, or Paige referencing uh, Charlotte's uh, Flair's dead brother. Uh, these things are in poor taste. That's because they involve somebody that is outside of. They're not there to defend themselves. That's not cool. Don't bring them into it. Um, Kevin Owens telling Shane McMahon to his face, "I wish you would have died in a helicopter." Is something different. That's a you know face-to-face conversation. None of those things are actually racist, though. And that is what the uh, X Factor is with Jinder Mahal, which, and if you want to nitpick his actual wording and whether or not that can be determined racist or not, the perception is, and unfortunately that's the most important thing, is that, that it's not okay, it's borderline racist, and that shit should never happen. I don't know. But I don't blame him for it specifically because he's only writing what the writers write for him. Right. Well, anywho, um... Uh, you know, whatever WWE's, WWE's ultimate purpose is or objective here, <laughs> it's a business, and our magic word for the whole day has been a cash lure. Am I right, Kaylin? Because you said it about 40 times. I believe she said cash what? grab. Oh, cash yeah. grab. Sorry, sorry. That, that's actually I was talking about the box. Sure. I was talking about the boxing for that, but I mean, yeah, yeah I'm sure they're getting a lot. They're getting a lot of press. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, any anywho, so we wrap up the show, uh, Jamal, because it rolls off your tongue a lot better than it rolls off ours. We're working uh, uh, Nova Pro tomorrow live. So um, that we said we're gonna be there. 
Uh, doors open at 7.30. The bell time is at 8 p.m. It's at the Jewish Community Center of Northern Virginia. That's 8900 Little River Turnpike in Fairfax, VA. Uh, the pre-show, we're probably going to start at like 6.30. And uh, that'll run for about half an hour. But the doors open at 7.30. Uh, the big match is, of course, Logan Easton LaRoe, uh, your champion of the 1% and the com only Commonwealth Cup winner ever. And the uh, PWI Ultra J champion. He'll face Eric Royal, who's kind of been like the number two guy in Overpro since he, you know, since the beginning. So that's going to be very interesting. Uh, Bo Crockett versus Innocent Isaiah. We've had them both on the show recently, and they they're in a last man standing match. So God help them there. Uh, Angela Lane, who survived Keith Lee, uh, barely. Uh, she did not win, but damn, if she didn't survive. Um, she's going to be taking on May Young Classic competitor Nia Yim, who definitely has some local ties as well. And for the first time ever, the Ugly Ducklings versus the Carnies. Uh, I didn't know that was a first-time match, but that's going to happen tomorrow night at the uh, Nova Pro Wrestling's Nova Project 3, celebrating their third year of indie wrestling in Northern Virginia. That's tomorrow, 22nd of September, at the GCC of Northern Virginia, 7.30. The doors open. Show starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, front row is 25. Everything else is 20. Uh, bring the kids, bring your grandma, uh, bring everybody, and uh, come see the wrestling. Can't say it no better than that. Well, yeah, um, anybody else got any closing remarks before we get out of here for tonight? Uh, fuck the revival. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, never mind, just fuck the revival. Yeah, yeah, if you have to explain it, then it's not worth explaining. What um, I meant? Oh, the, 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 the one thing, sorry, speaking of YouTube, the thing I didn't mention, Dak, when we were talking about Roman versus Cena, if anybody's listening to this and you have not seen the Roman Reigns song, go to YouTube and look up the Roman Reigns song. It's a classic and it'll be in your head forever. Every time you hear his music, you'll hear it and it's great. Oh, uh, okay. I got to hear that. Hoping that bad is the uh, Kevin Hart I'm Sorry song because that I listened to once and now that's stuck in my head. Dr. Dave, you got any closing remarks when we roll out? Oh wait, sorry. I, I looked up to Randy Orton, who has been, um, who has been mentioned a couple times tonight, uh, because I just started thinking about the fact that Randy Orton has had a pretty awful 2017, um, starting with that terrible WrestleMania match. Then he had to do what was it called, like a House of Horrors or something match with with Bray Wyatt that was just absurd, only to then go and drop his WWE title to Jinder Mahal of all people, and now he's in this sort of random stop and go, what is the point of this feud with Rusev? And somehow he still shows up to work every day. Um, I admire him for that because I could see him being like some wrestlers that uh, I won't name right now who are upset with their direction. They decide to leave WWE and, you know, do shoot interviews and whatnot. And yet Randy Orton is, is sticking around doing his job like a true professional. So shout out to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a correction to what I said earlier. Go to YouTube, look up Roman Reigns theme with lyrics, full version. <laughs> otherwise, 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 you're just going to get his shitty song. Go listen to his theme, listen to the, the lyrics, the lyric version. What you, you, you tweet it, I'll retweet that. I, I, I want to see what you're talking about. I want to hear this revival yeah, okay. before I go. So come on, give it to me. Uh, look up being the elite. It's in being yeah, the elite. It's a thing. Okay. It's an important thing. Very important thing. It's a very important thing. Um, so the last thing I will say, uh, number one, Where's Hangman? Uh, the second Where thing is, is um, 
if you are in the Chicago area or Detroit, uh, particularly Summit, Illinois and Livonia, Michigan, uh, this Friday and Saturday night, Cedric Alexander, uh, one of my favorites, will be at Evolve. At Evolve. I heard that. Yeah. And that is uh, pretty big. Um, he's going to take on Fred Yehai, which is going to be nuts um, on Saturday in uh, for Evolve 93 in Chicago. And he's going to, I believe he's going to take on uh, Zach Sabre Jr. On, uh, in Michigan on, on tomorrow night. So if I weren't going to be in Virginia, I would definitely be in Chicago on Saturday. So get out there for that. Interesting. I wonder how that's working or how that got worked out or whatever, but that's good. And this is why everything we talked about earlier with Dolph Ziggler going to do whatever to come back or, you know, whatever type of contract they can do to work that. In other words, the Cody Rose or the Embedder, the um, Drew uh, McIntyre move, do it. Um, but, yeah, thanks for tuning in for the night. Um, again, tomorrow we'll have the pre-show for Nova Pro going on. Um, and next week – uh, we'll be back Thursday, 8 p.m. I I promise to we'll, we'll we'll be we'll be consistent. We took one week off, but um, you know we'll work through it. We'll get things out. So uh, again, thanks for listening. We we'll catch you guys tomorrow and then next week.